Welcome to episode 663 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 636 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you go, mate? Pretty good, Bevan. This time uh, next week, we'll be winging our way to Kona. We're winging our way to Kona. John, I think I'm going to have to move your microphone in a second because I can't see your face. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, no. move, move your stand around. I thought I'd put it there because it'd be better for your angle, oh, but oh, I need you to, yeah, yeah, that's oh. what I want to see. Oh, okay. Oh, now I'm happy. Righty hi. Because I was, I was slightly disappointed on the inside there, but now... Yeah. You're like the sunshine coming over the mountains. And we're lucky, Dave, today's weather report. Foggy in Christchurch, but where Bevan lives, we're above the fog, so it's all okay. I live above the fog. There's a, there's a good kind of metaphor to that. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by... Extreme Endurance. take buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a okay, couple. John, you go first. Paul Hellings has got two nicknames. Uh, he's either the Butcher or Red Horns. He's obviously an angry man, because either the Butcher or Red Horns, mm. you're a bit of an angry soul. Uh, Mark the Mistle Scudamore. And also a second one who's got two nicknames, Michael Sylvester Parrot or Michael Super Hot Rod Parrot. Super Hot Rod. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. Hot Topic of the Week, we've got Age Gripper of the Week, website, we've got actually two websites a week, and then we've got the geek back on the show. We have Torsten to talk Kona, it's only uh, just over a week away, so he's going to talk through his tri-rating, what you can find out uh, amongst it, and if you are planning on watching a big chunk of Kona, or if you're just generally interested, it's got all the inside information on the pro athletes. It's very good stuff there, so check that out, and he's going to be on later on the show. John, this week we had two Ironman races, one... The swim didn't happen. So what, what was the story there, John? Uh, so this is Ironman Chattanooga. So the host of the World Triathlon Champ, uh, World 70.3 Champs last year. That would have been a tragedy if you didn't get the swim at the oh, World Champs, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, far out, yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it was just bad weather and the river was dodgy. So again, yeah. you can't go blaming Ironman for any of this sort of stuff. Uh, so they could, couldn't have the river, uh, swim in the river. Um what was a bit disappointing for me was the way that they started the pros. So we've seen other instances where they have done a duathlon start. So they did that in Hamburg, I think it was, and they had a run where those guys were just booking it on that first run. Uh, this time they started it on the bike at one-minute intervals, which is kind of... It's a bit odd. And then it's the same as, uh, as, a, as a rolling start. You're watching the race and they're doing some great coverage, but you don't really know what's going on. Um, so that was a bit disappointing. So, so who was actually was um, Cody Beats? Cody Beals took it out, so he has got a perfect record at Ironman. He won Ironman Mont Blanc in a really fantastic time, uh, course record, and backed it up now. Not too much. You know, too much later. When was Ironman Mont Blanc? You look that up, Bevan. When was Ironman Blanc? Oh, you're on the iPad. You're I'm not going to be much good for research. Well, my wife's taking the laptop. She's gone away for a week. She's got the laptop. So sometimes you have to sacrifice. Okay. Why yeah. don't you put your foot down? Give her the iPad. Because I love her, John. Show her who's boss. I love her. And she has to work. And working on iPads is painful. Um, uh, so anyway, Cody Bells took it out. He did four hours and 20 minutes on the bike and then ran a 2.48 for a, not a dojo domination, but an 11-minute victory over Matt Russell uh, and Carol... 
Kotsigarov from, I think he's from Estonia, in third place. Just so, John, um, how often do you put your foot down with your blender? All the all time. The time. Okay. Big time, all the time. You wait, you'll <laughs> she, see her. She's in, under the thumb. You wait till you see her in Kona. What I say goes. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so anyway, got to say with Cody Beals, very impressive. He's uh, booked his ticket for Kona next year if yeah, he wants good. it. Uh, he has sort of said that he's, he'll go when he's good and ready, but if he does want to go next year, he will have that ticket. I was interested to see Matt Russell racing because, again, he did Mont Blanc uh, and is doing Kona. So if you're doing an Ironman two weeks out, you wonder how seriously he's taking Kona? Well, but maybe he's not. Mm. You know, maybe he's thinking, well, I might have to qualify for Kona next year right now. It's a good opportunity to kind of knock that out, have a race now, and just have the experience in Kona. Because he's what, why would you do? Oh, I, I I understand what you're saying. Well, it's the good experience PR. of Kona, you've been there a million times. It's good PR, and he's come on, he's going to be one of the stories. He's going to have some good stories. Yeah, so I think that's probably more the case in that example. Uh, female side of the race. Uh, female, it was a male-only pro race, That's uh, so there is no the female, female pros. pros. Uh, we'll give a bit of love to the first age grouper, Tiago Bianchini in the 30-34 men. Uh, he went 4.59 on the bike and 3.03 on the run for an 8.04. And second age group was, oh no, we'll go first female age grouper was... I do love sportsstats.ca because then you can actually do this filtering really easy, unlike oh, the Ironman website. Than I mean, okay. uh, first female was in the 40-44, Lauren Harrison. She biked 5.17 and ran a 3.42 to come home in 9.02.33. And then we had Maryland as well, but that was only an age group race, no pros at the race, so we'll give, it, we'll give the age group winners a bit of love, John. Absolutely. Todd Burns took it out in impressive fashion, swam 57, rode 4.34, ran 3.04 for an 8.48, second was Edward Schmidt in the 30-34 in an 8.54, and third was Harry Tragel in 9.02. Females uh, side of things, Maggie Welsh took it out in 9.27 with a 54-minute swim, that's pretty impressive, 5.01 on the bike, 3.22 on the run, beating home Ginny Cad... Cataldi uh, and Katie Schink in third in the 18 to 24 age group. So one of the biggest pieces of news around Kona this week is that Terenzo has put the PR out there. He's put the Facebook statement out there saying that unfortunately he gave it his all, but ultimately he just knows he's not ready for Kona. Yeah, and that's one of the things. He's been there enough times. It's not a pleasurable experience doing the Hawaii Ironman or doing any Ironman when you're only... 90 to 95% and uh, for just finishing yeah what's kind of what's the point especially now there's no points on offer so say he was able to finish 15th no prize money no points and it just sounds like he's got headaches and he's just not quite there he did he did say that his swim on his bike is back to normal levels yeah but his run is is not quite there so um, disappointing it'll be interesting to watch the trajectory from here forward you know like he wasn't quite ready for this. The time frames were pretty, it was pretty narrow from day one. Mm. Uh, so the fact that he gave it everything, you've got to be proud of the guy. It'll be interesting to watch what happens in the next three or four months because will he try to, you know, Ironman New Zealand's obviously going to be one of his key events, but will he try and knock out a win early in the season as well going forward? Well, he did, I mean, Western Australia last year yeah. and won that in a fantastic it. time. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does that. You know, for him, qualifying, 
probably go to most races around the world and have a pretty good chance of winning. So I don't think um, that's too much of an issue for him. But yeah, he's a, he's a racer, man. He races all the time. Uh, the other one that's out is Nick Castellin. I popped him an email to try to get an interview. So he does a, I believe he does a lot of training with Frodo. Uh, and he said, I uh, can't do an interview because I'm not racing, I'm injured. Oh, bugger. So that's Renzo out, Castellin out, Frodo out. Uh, and I think the list will keep growing. Um, but uh, we'll wait and see. It is pretty fascinating now. So what happens to those slots? They're just gone. I would assume they're just gone. I don't actually know. Because they roll down and they say, this, you know, the person who was 51st, mm. and they say, look, you can go now if you want. Don't know the answer to that. Yeah, the big one. If someone does know the answer, can they flick us an email and let us know. Coming up this weekend, we've got a couple of races. We've got a couple of Ironman races. We've got Ironman Barcelona. We have Jesper Svensson is the top-rated seed on Torsten's try rating. A very, very fast race. You know, it's another one of the unofficial world drafting championships, along with Texas and a few of the other ones on the circuit. Uh, Jesper Svensson is seed number one. Evert Schietinger from Netherlands, uh, second seed. And Mikael Blanchardino, third seed. Predicted to go 801, 806 and 807. And these are guys that are, you know, not the top rung. Uh, pretty big field. Good old Brian McChrystal's down there again. Uh, ranked lot, 10th. Uh, and as is Harry Wiltshire. Uh, but pretty big male pro field. Uh, 78 males on the start line. Females. Uh, could be a good race on the female side of things. You've got Yvonne Van Vlerken, Daniela Samler and Eva Wooty. So three really good athletes all predicted to come in around about the 850 mark. So that could be a good race and a fairly big gap back to the others. Uh, so good luck to everybody racing over there. Fast times. We see the pictures every year, especially in the age group race, of ginormous packs going yeah, along. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they sort it out. Keep getting feedback from you know, the ITU world champs in Australia saying what a good job they did over there with uh, keeping the drafting sorted out. That's three weeks in a row you've mentioned it. So that, um, that, is, that, that must have been impressive. I... Given the Jews, I was highly sceptical that there was going to be draft. Uh, there was not going to be a complete draft fest, so they did some good work. So I'm in Taiwan's coming up as well. When we look at the entries, we've got 750 men and 108 women, so under that thousand mark. But it is growing. It's it's you know that's. A perfectly acceptable number, but we have seen at other Ironmans that they, they do disappear. Taiwan's saving grace is there's really hardly any iron distance races, Ironman races in and, Asia. And Asian market, they're trying mm. to grow it, aren't they? So they'll probably persevere a little bit longer there. So they did the Philippines this year, but I'm pretty sure that was just a one-off. Uh, so plenty of 70.3s over there, but iron distance racing in Asia is it's just bloody tough. But I would think they will persevere with this uh, to keep, you know, trying to tap that Chinese market as well. Uh, so last year we had um, taking out this race was Kevin Collington, Marino van Holnacker second, and Simon Cochran from New Zealand in third, and Laurel uh, Wessner from the States taking it out in front of Kate Bevilacqua and Charlotte Morel. This year we have Daniel Fontana, Dougal Allen making a return to the tri scene. He's been over in China doing a bit of adventure racing oh, of late. Yeah. Going all right? Yep, going pretty good. Generally getting on the podium with his team. Uh, and Frederick Cronenberg is seeded number three on the female side of things. Sonia, the glue brace girdle, um, is hopefully, you know, after her terribly 
poor bad luck from Iron Man Maastricht where her and the other girl got disqualified for being led off the swim course by the officials that yeah. we discussed last week. She's back in the game and she's actually ranked number one. It's only her second Iron Distance race. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how she handles the heat over there. Uh, and then there's another 10 girls to take on over there. So good luck, Sonia. Bring home the bacon for the Kiwis. Now, on the same day as Ironman Kona, we have Ironman Louisville coming up. Now, the question I have for you, John, is that the same Same weekend, not the same, same weekend. Day. Oh, it's not the same day. Mm. Was it the same last year? Yep, uh, I'm pretty sure it was. It's either that, that roughly the same weekend. Uh, so not to- totally surprising. I thought we'd bring it up today because we'll probably forget about it when we're in Kona. Yep. So we want to give people a little bit of love. Chris Lieferman, who we had on the show fairly recently, uh, he is predicted to come in in first place ahead of Victor Zemensev. I say it every time this guy comes up, mate. I don't know how old he is now, but he's been around for a long time. Uh, and Stefan Schmidt is seeded number three. And then on the female side of things, you've got Lisa Roberts, Michelle Herbauer, and Hayley Chura are the top three seeds over there. So good luck, everybody, going to Louisville this uh, in, the, in two weeks' time. So we've, we've, we've buried the lead, John, because this is really the lead story of the week. Super League. It was oh, now. I've got to be honest. I only watched the males race just both You're days. Sexist I know. Pig. I the know. The females race is even better. Was it? Was it? Mm. Was it? So tell me about it. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm actually go back to one. And I thought we maybe won't talk about it. We could talk about generally the whole Super League. Okay, let's give it a time event. frame. Well, no, because I think if uh, it's it, even if you know the result. I still think it's a worthwhile watch. Gets you going and watching the event. So I think rather than talking about the results, we could just talk about. The, no, the no, no, no. Why don't we do your five-minute thing? No, no, because this is an instance where people, there's loads of trainer uh, content. There's, there's what, there's probably about six hours of trainer content there yeah, for people to watch. Yeah, we say pause five, go, go ahead five minutes. I'm overrolling you. No, because I, I watched it. So I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, what do you think of the coverage? Now, I'm curious, and the coverage, because I don't watch ITU, mm-hmm. was it much better coverage than ITU or was it pretty similar? It's pretty similar. They got they get a little bit closer in the swim with the cameras, but that's largely because there's a lot less participants, so they're able to get the cameras right up yeah. uh, in, the, in the swim shots. The, in, in terms of the bike, uh, similar, but again, it's, it's it's easier because they were they're all in little mini groups here yeah. and there, and it's such a small course that you can use your fixed cameras. You know, they probably had. I don't know. Three, Bevan, the, the, the cloud's coming in. Bevan, you're not above the fog anymore. Oh, I'm slightly. I can still see just. You can just see the building side across the valley. Um, but the, the coverage was great because they, they were able to have several fixed cameras, whereas the ITU, I guess, they're generally rolling with, you know, just one camera on the bike course and, and maybe one fixed cam, one or two. Just, yeah, because the nature of the course, I think, allows them to have it very, very well covered. Great coverage. Uh, so I watched it uh, delayed via the Triathlon Live uh, website where they had it on there for free. Oh, they had it on uh, YouTube for free as well. Delayed. On YouTube, delayed. Yeah, uh, yeah and Still it was do. also on uh, Sky Sport in New Zealand. But, but great coverage. I think they uh, – so a couple of things. I'm not going to talk through the results, and I'm going to suggest that Bevan doesn't either. A couple of things they added that were awesome. through the results? Well, people can watch it. People, yeah, people not, everyone, not, not everyone's got six hours to watch a race. They have, well, they've got to make six hours because it was that good. It was – got to say, it was really good. I was pretty fascinated. I, I've got to talk about the results. Can't. Fast forward five minutes. No. Okay, I'm going to do a stopwatch from now. No. Yep, I'm doing it. Louis, great rain. Now, the thing I have with him – He's a he's a he's a big guy. 
He's a solid unit. Uh, for a runner too. Yeah. But I think if you met him in person, he wouldn't be massive. Yeah, okay. But The others are tiny. But in comparison, he's a big unit for that sport, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He looks more like an Ironman. Mm. So one thing that uh, they added this year, you've which got, was you've cool. You've got four minutes to go. Four, four, oh, well, we're not, I'm not going to talk about any results. It doesn't matter. No, he won. Um, but that's the thing. I knew that he'd won before I watched it, uh, but I was still intrigued to watch the, the whole events even if you know who wins it's it's fascinating uh, i think they stepped it up quite a bit from the first round was amazing in australia second round i kind of thought yeah i wonder if this is going to last it didn't just didn't feel as good this time it stepped it up one thing they added was the shortcut you could yeah. take on uh, the first day so if you were first after the swim or after whatever the second discipline was you got this little shortcut and it didn't decide the race, but it made it a bit more well, interesting. Well, in the last leg of the run, in the, the last race on the first day in the run, and the, they were coming out of transition, the guy got the shortcut. Was it Schumer got shortcut? I can't remember on the... But, yeah. but it just made a massive difference. It did. Yeah. So really good racing on the males and the females side of things. They also had a uh, really good for the development of sport. They had a, a junior event. I didn't watch any of it, but I saw that they did have that, which was which was cool. Uh, females racing was fantastic. The the thing that I like about it was the I, females as close as the men's. Yeah, and you didn't know who was going to win, and it chopped and changed quite a lot. Um, and that's what I like about it is there's different dynamics going on all the time it's not like you've just got one person where it's relatively predictable you've got attacks the bike breaks up into little mini groups yep. and you're actually seeing guys get ridden off wheels which was which is fascinating uh, guys and girls getting ridden off the wheels uh, which you don't see very much in, in ITU so it's, it's dynamic it's changing all the time uh, it's the kind of race where you do want to be watching it the whole time you don't if you if you step away you're yeah. thinking oh, I'm going to miss something here whereas I watched the the UCI World Cycling Champs last night it's like fast forward until one hour to go and then watch it for yeah. watch it from there so overall I thought it was great racing water was obviously pretty cold and that impacted things it uh, went well this time as well because I think where was the first one Hamilton Island yes yeah so in Hamilton Island you kind of knew Murray had it so kind of in that last race it was a little bit kind of a bummer because you knew he had it whereas this one Although Louis kind of took it, you kind of, it was went right to the bitter end really, didn't it? It did. Even for the overall thing. And I know Louis was you know, the strongest runner, but still. And, and now it's part of a series that is that uh, you don't just sort of give up because every place counts for points. Mm. So I thought they did a really, really good job. Coverage was great and I'm looking forward to the next few events. I guess, you know. The longevity of this series is going to come down to a money uh, and also it really lengthens out the athlete season quite significantly and you do see some fairly tired athletes out there racing um, and you know some of the athletes have really been dominating you know so Mario Moller on the male side uh, was, was not a factor at all really and equally um, uh, Holland on the female side was, was not really a factor so Different courses for different different horses for different courses, but also well, Kiwi, that Kiwi boy Wild did it right, didn't he? He did fantastically. Is he pretty good? Obviously, uh, he's just a beast. Apparently, is he? He's just a beast. Suits him well. You got you, you had the best handful of the top athletes were there. So like the top six, seven, eight were, were all the very best in the world. Yep. And then you had a bit few more development athletes and stuff. So I wouldn't say it was quite as strong as a say World Championship Series race, but uh, still very good. Here's and a question for you. Mm. What's your favourite triathlon to watch right now? I'd be that, definitely. So that's, that's, that's what's interesting. Out. You see, what, well, where's the longevity in the sport? And obviously TV coverage is the key. Hmm. Um, and now Sky Sport has it on. And I'm not sure how much a Sky Sport would really worry about ratings. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because it's like Joe Public, 
if you sit down and watch ITU, I was in the it was at like three o'clock in the morning or whatever on Sky Sports, so it was just a no, tapers. Yeah, so yeah, but like if you sit down and watch ITU, general public's probably not going to be that interested in ITU race because it's not that dynamic. They do a very good job in the Super League of describing how it's working, telling the story of the race, you know, leading, you know, and having those interesting dynamics like the short transition or the the eliminator where people fall off the back at the, in, in the long one. So yeah, it'll be just you know really it's getting on TV's key. But getting ratings as well, and if you can create it in a way where Joe Public can watch and be instantly captivated, that is the key. But it's interesting that th- that's your most favourite way of watching triathlon. Well, it's that right now. and the mix, the mixed relay. You know, and again, it's that dynamic. You don't know what's quite going to happen next. Uh, so no, it was great. Good stuff. Well done, Macker. And, and we didn't talk about the when's the next one. Uh, it's a month away, and then they've got two back to back on consecutive weekends. And what is it? I think it's Mayorka and Malta, or something like that. And you think they'll still get the same field? Uh, I think so. It's, 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 I think there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line for the series winner, um, and then there's one other series I think in Singapore as well. So, okay, cool. We'll, we'll talk about that next time. Okay, hot topic of the week. So, hot topic of the week. Um, we were talking about. I'm gonna have to go to my phone for this one. So it was going to be around the, the marathon world championship, age group world championship. That seems to be a bit of a wanted um, initiative and what we're looking at here is did you think it is a good thing and will it actually flow on to be a successful thing We okay Rich uh, Walker said interesting idea devil in the detail of course but uh, a Kona-esque age group system where you qualify and then go to say Boston could be fun imagine the kudos of winning a Kona age group and then marathon majors age group can't see that happening to be honest because the runner the sharp runners are pretty bloody sharp and most triathletes would get absolutely spanked who was that guy who a Kiwi guy who was a really fast runner and came to Ironman um, Craig Kirkwood what did he do a marathon in well, I'm going to defend Craig probably here because he's a listener of the show but I'm thinking it'll be about 212 or something like that possibly so would have he won age group in Kona no, no, no. Oh, okay. He was he was qualified for Kona. He's, he's good, but uh, no, no, not not towards the front of the Kona field. Uh, uh, Ryan Curvin would be interesting to know how the qualifying marathons were chosen. The Australian qualifying races are all in Queensland. The Melbourne and Sydney marathons are obvious omissions. Love the idea behind it, but does sound complicated. Well, I can answer you that one, Kevin. How they've been chosen is the the, the races that are owned by Wanda. Funny that. <laughs> Funny uh, that. Richard Twenty Know has got. Uh, it won't catch on. Let's face it. It's not likely any East Africans will race, and so it will be a championship where top competitors won't be there. Even if they were there, there would be no confidence they would be the right age group or, or dodging age junior ages. So I, I agree with Swanee there. You're not going to get the, the poorer African nations, so no. it won't necessarily be a proper world championship. But I think it will be you know the rich man's world championship to a degree, which is what triathlon is. Yep. Um, so take your point. Oh, yep. I don't know if you could say that about triathlon because the African nations aren't doing triathlon. That's true. That's you true. know, So it's not like we've got a lot of people over there who aren't doing it. Mm. Um, so that's not entirely true. But I get, yeah, I think Swanee knows right. Uh, Amy Stone, I think it's a fun idea, but wish, but I wish it was just the majors. That way, I read it, you get points at any of the rock and roll races, which makes it a bit watered down. Get, I totally get your point there, Amy. Um, it's quite hard to get into the majors sometimes, though. And the thing with this points system, it's time-based. So, uh, And I'll go into that in a bit more. So I think even though there's quite a few marathons on the list... If uh, they're, they're going to be comparable to the majors, so if you run a particular time at a major, 
the points you're going to get are going to be comparable to what you get at uh, you know a different marathon. And I'll go into that in a moment because I've got an example. And Lucy Francis has got, of course, it will catch on, and hopefully, cycling will change the unfair system of category racing, which doesn't apply, uh, account for age group. Meaning that if you're not a teenager or in your early twenties, you might as well give up bike racing like I did. People, there's a bit of a bugbear. I think she's just yeah. <laughs> getting a dig in there. Uh, people like championships, which uh, Boston has always been unofficially. And that's about it. Pretty so not really, huge yeah. interest in this this topic. Now what I wanted to do is I quite like the idea of this. Um, and the reason I like it a bit more is it is time-based. So it's going to give you a much fairer representation of actually um, – how good so it's or how not like not the 70.3 champs where you know it's roll down slots and you know exactly yeah. okay. um what i would say of just about any world championships is when they're annual i think jesus it's really but we're in white hat conditions up here at bevan's place now you can't see now out the, the world now. has disappeared <laughs> the only thing i can see is white cars <laughs> um anyway so when you've got an annual world championship you don't get the the best field because it's just bloody expensive, you know. Yeah. If I wanted to go to Kona every year, couldn't do it. Just way too expensive. With the elites, it's slightly different. But the age group is if they did something, say, every four years, then you'd make that extra effort to go. Then I reckon it would be really special. Oh, you reckon? Oh, I think it'd be huge. Okay. Uh, yeah, but then the problem is, four years, at least I'll qualify this year. Who knows if I'm going to be a fast marathon runner four years from now? Okay. Maybe three years, maybe two years, but if yep. you have it every every year, and Kona's a great example, I'm going to come to this on the website of the week, the number of people that go back to Kona year on year is not that high, yep. uh, and I think if you did it biannually, three years, four years, whatever it might be, then you'd be more motivated. So if I was a runner, and I'm going to go, right, every four years, like the Olympics, I'm going, and this is going to be the massive world championships, I think that would help myself. Um, the other thing I'll say is, what I was going on about before is yeah the majors are cool but I did a little bit of research in here and I sort of got the example of say running a two hour 40 marathon if you're in the 40 to 44 age group now uh, if you ran that say the Auckland Marathon uh, well the Auckland Marathon which is one of the qualifying races for points Do pretty is well a two hour 46 to win the age group so you run a 240 there you'll probably win that age group um, when you look at the actual major races so I looked at London Boston and New York that time would get you roughly 15th plus or minus a couple of places okay. so, but but how they've done the system is it's time-based so you should get roughly the same points because if you win the say the London Marathon Boston etc in your age group which I gets th- higher points I think you got 4,000 points yep if you win Auckland and you're, um, it's based off a time in our age group, I think it was 2.26, and then it rolls back, the points roll back from there. So even though you win, your points are going to be, you're not going to get 4,000. So they've really put a lot of time and thought into how do we make sure the races have a quality system or a point system which represent the, the quality of the field. Yeah, and that's something that doesn't happen in Ironman. It'll be very difficult to do because our courses are so different. Mm. But I think that that helps. And so I kind of I like it, and, and not not so much that I'm going to want to or could qualify for the world champs because the standard is going to be very very high. Well, you probably could. No, I wouldn't. Well, two forty. But the guys that are winning these majors, there's plenty of them going in the two twenties. What you what you you won Auckland when you did Auckland, didn't you? Yeah, two thirty eight. So you're going to get there. Well, no, you got because you, you go do two races. Oh, you go do two races, do you? Well, you don't have to do two races, but I think you no, know, I think you get, you can combine your points from two events. Um, oh, oh, no, I, I reckon you get there. I don't reckon I would. What'd you do, Auckland? Two, nah. Two thirty-eight. crap for runners. 
It's rubbish. Oh, oh, but wait a second. So just because you get points. So how many people are in each age group? Well, that, that's, the, that's the thing. The devil's in the detail. They haven't said how many people are going to qualify, but there's hundreds of runners that can run uh, yeah, how, okay, way so quicker than me. Well, what's going to be interesting is how many slots will open? Because where's, where's the actual race? It's London, isn't it? It's going to be London. Okay, so how many slots will they get for London mm-hmm. for this? Who knows? Let, let's call it, say, 100. Per, say, 100, 100, say 150 in the... 40 to 44, maybe it'll be more than that. Let's, let's say 250. Yeah, if it's that many, you, you, there's no way. No. no way. There's a lot of fast runners. My time is okay. Well, the but then, runners, rubbish. That's when the roll down things happen because, mm. again, not everyone's going to want to do it. Um, also, at London, what happens? Do they start at the same time? Because it's messed up. No, no, you, right. think, you would think so. You'd have to do it. Yeah, well, they'll corral like them into different corrals. So yeah. I like the idea. Uh, and and I, I like it on two fronts. A, qualifying for an event. And B, if they've got this now world database, you can actually kind of see where you rank, where your time ranks. So I kind of like that. Oh, good. They're obviously trying to do something like a Kona. Hmm. Um, and it's to, the yeah, flow and effect for them is more people do more of their races. So I'm sure that's the motivation behind it. But hey, we'll be interested to see how it goes along in the long term. This week's discussion. So we're coming up to Kona a couple of weeks from now. And so we want to know what are your top picks for both male and female, both top three in each field. But we also want to know a dark horse that could make the top eight in both the male and the female race. Because next week we're not actually going to do the show, we're not releasing the show on a Tuesday because mm-hmm. we travel on a Tuesday. So we're going to release this first Kona Super Special on the Wednesday when we get there. So um, so we want to know your picks for Kona, top three, both female and males, and the dark horse who can mock make the top eight. John, sponsor. Extreme endurance. Your if you're going to be over in Kona, uh, we'll talk about what where we're going to be. But we're going to have some extreme endurance fuel five to give away. Uh, so we have little uh, sample packs of that. So make sure you either come along to our Aquathon, or uh, we're going to be having a sort of a meet and greet at Lava Java and do a few interviews, etc. There. Nice. So listen out for that later on. But we'll have some uh, along with I am Talk swim caps. We will have some extreme endurance to give away. Remember the promo code I am Talk twenty. They've got a blog up on um, extreme endurance with some cool little topics on there one of them is five ways to support your immune system uh, especially for you guys that are heading into fall and this time of the year people are worried about the dreaded flu season nothing can ruin your holiday cheer then chills fever and cold sweats so they've just got uh, lots of blog topics up there five ways to support your immune system wash your hands simple but makes sense. It really and is. I, I watched a great wash your bloody hands, team. Wait, wash your, Don't be lazy. Well, no, I watched a really good uh, documentary once on Team Sky, and the lengths they go to to, to keep, keep those guys healthy yeah. during the Tour de France is insane. Simple one, washing your hands when you're travelling, massively important. Washing your hands actually all Stay active. That's pretty straightforward <laughs> for us triathletes. Get sleep. Again, what do you like to sleep? Really, I'm good. I, I get uh, most nights seven hours. That's, that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I get. Six or seven, yeah. So it's all good. Stay hydrated, again, um, pretty straightforward. But when you're traveling, that can be one of the things that makes a massive difference in terms of your adaptation to the different time zone. You get very dehydrated traveling and uh, staying hydrated, especially when you're going to Kona, is critical. And then number one, increase your vitamin and antioxidant intake. So they have the immune boost. Taking daily vitamins are more important during the flu season because your body is already in a compromised position. If you're having regular vitamin uh, if you're a regular vitamin consumer then that's great but be aware of how much your body needs and other antioxidants and vitamins that are not in your
your general daily uh, multivitamin. We developed a super packed multivitamin for both men and women that also includes multiple antioxidants to build a strong immune system. So guys check out the immune boost on Extreme Endurance along with all their other products and remember the promo code IMTALK20. Yeah and you can do a bit of a bundle, you can kind of get a few things mm. you like and get all shipped at the same time. So it's xendurance.com. John I'm going to put some music on. Dribble of the week. week. Good old Swanee. No, I sent through this one, John, and it's a pretty good one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So I'd like to nominate Class Henning. How do you say the last name, John? Class Henning Shulk. Shulk. I don't know anything about him, but a quick search on Athlinks, and it looks like he may have done Ironman New Zealand in two, uh, so 1992. Uh, this guy has been made an international stardom for his role in the marathon record with an article describing him as an amateur triathlete. Seriously, we can't in- underestimate the difficulty of doing this when a runner is running 20Ks an hour. He looked like he was amped during the run. So basically what happened? So what he was doing, so he was supporting Kip Chogi in his world record at the um, Berlin Marathon. And his role was to get Kip Chogi his uh, water. drink, water bottle yeah. drink. So if you do watch a number of other marathon majors and uh, Olympics, etc., you'll see they often have a table there and the and the pros have got their designated bottle, you know, colour-coded or whatever, and they grab it and, and half the time they knock everybody else's over. But what they do at Berlin is, for I think it's 20 males and 10 females, they have a designated person to try to get them their particular bottle. And, and, they, and they choose that person. Mm, and they bike along. Well, no, I think normally you get allocated a person. Okay. But this guy has done such a good job with Kipchoge over the last few years that Chip Chogi sought him out and uh, oh, that's did want such this a cool guy story, again. isn't it? So that is a cool story. And so there's a little um, clip that was put on uh, Let'sRun.com, and it's got uh, Klaus Henning Schulk uh, handing off a bottle to Kip Chogi uh, during the race, and he's and he jumping is up and down. Pumped, he's pumped. Eh? Yeah. And, and you would be, wouldn't you? Yeah. And so it was a perfect handoff, and he'd been given instructions. You know, they talked about how they how you want to hold the bottle, etc. And it sounds like it's really, really difficult for these uh, supporters to actually get to the right spot uh, and actually be in a position where they uh, the runner can see them and then get through the crowd and get them the actual fluid. And so it did. The article did say there was a couple of occasions where he wasn't able to get there, um, but apparently Chip Kogi, Chip Kogi. Uh, has changed his nutrition a little bit in terms of you know the sub two hour he's taking in uh, quite a bit more when he runs. Oh really? Um, and from so, doing the breaking two. Mm, so the science behind that, and we'll, we'll see if we can maybe try to get the company that he worked with on at some stage. Uh, and so yeah, important that he gets his fuel on. Clearly worked, and this guy was pumped. And he and apparently he did this several times. Got the bottle to him and was just jumping up and down. Was excited. Oh, so, he was awesome. Good job. So and he did Ironman New Zealand back in 1992, and the time he did was a 10:21:42. Interestingly, guess the fields. Have you looked? Don't look. Guess the field size of Ironman New Zealand in 1992. I did have a very brief look, and from memory, you said it was 650, 650? 520. 520. Yeah, so it looks like he may have won his age group, but it's 
Old stats. So. Yeah, old stats. So it doesn't look that clear. But so he's been, he's been a triathlete for a long time because mm. 1992 is a while ago now. It was. And uh, so, Class Henning, you are our Stripper of the week. week. Oh. Just one other thing that Swanee sent through was an article on runnersworld.com with a guy who downed 13 beers uh, as he was going through a, a half marathon. So he did one hour 43, one hour 43, and he was t- chugging a beer every one mile. Oh, could you imagine anything worse? Yes. Because beers make you burp. Beers make you bloated and burpy, don't they? Yeah. How, okay, okay. So thirteen beers. So that's that's a half marathon, isn't it? A mile. Oh, no, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just trying to find how. Big how fast do you reckon you could do it? It looks like you said a can of beer. Oh, I couldn't do it. Come on, you said I believe in you. No, I wouldn't be able to do that. I just, uh, I don't think I could do it. Thirteen uh, beers. Would you do it for two hundred dollars? A, I couldn't drink thirteen beers. That's what I mean. I'd love to see you try. Uh, in the good old days, Bevan. <laughs> Back in that day. Crank it, mate. Back in the day, I was a hopeless drunk. I was a six-can man, so I couldn't even do it anyway. I don't think I could do it, uh, and I don't think I want to try it either. I reckon we should do a Patreon. <laughs> a thousand bucks, would you do it? Of course I would. <laughs> You're easy. Uh-huh. Uh, three, two, one, website, website of the week. week. Good old. Uh, we've got two websites this week. Luke Hardman, what a great name. Look, hard man, he sent through. Um, you guys have been saying you wish there was a place where you could see someone's results. Have you checked out Orbs, or O-B-S-T-R-I, Orbs Tri, which is obsesstriathlete.com, uh, um, and it's a place we get results. This is a gold website. So it's kind of a combination, a little bit of athletics combined with what Torsten does, but quick, easy resources and if you're going to Kona this year, you can do some serious investigation of who you're up against. Oh, really? So, Bevan, give me a give me a name of a, a pro that's easy to spell. What I will say is this website's basically a It's got data, me in here. Is it, sorry? It's got me in here. Yeah. It's a database of Ironman and 70.3, so only Ironman brand races, which is which is a downfall a compared to... A pro that's easy to spell. Well, let's let's go. So I'll go um, Mike Phillips, actually. Okay, Mike Phillips, is, that's pretty easy to spell. Because I sent him an email. What's DPI? Uh, I'll go into that. So I can plug in Mike Phillips and it's going to bring up immediately all his 70.3 and iron distance races. Same, you can do the same with uh, with age groupers, with, with anybody. As Bevan said, you can put it up and I checked myself. All my results are up there. So really quick, fast way to, to check up people's results for pros and age groupers. So great resource on, on that front. Um then it's got some amazing stats, you know, in terms of uh, all the sort of stuff maybe Russell Cox has talked about, but not in the same level of detail, but the number of races Ironman uh, have, number of entries, um, you can do it by regional, you can do it by age group, etc. So that's kind of funky stuff as well. What I, the one couple of features that I did really like was one was a compare button. And here you can go and compare, say, for example, Ironman New Zealand within your age group and within a particular year. Oh, really? Uh, and it gives you the fastest time, top 5%, top 10%, the top 25 and the median result, which is awesome. And then finally, I oh no, not finally, then two other features it has. One is rankings, and that's really a copy of the, firstly the KPR, but then also the... Um, yeah, the KPR for pros and also for, for age groupers, the world ranking, uh, the AWA, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. And then finally, uh, this year he's got the, whoever, no, no, he or she, whoever the obsessed triathlete is, has got Kona 2018. And this is very cool because then you can go into your any particular age group and uh, plug it in 
and it's going to have, it's got the athletes ranked off what he's called the DPI, which is the Division Performance Index, which takes into account the age group athlete performances, um, and then puts them in a, in a ranking order. So it's kind of like a ranking based oh, off time, really? rather than based off um, how many races you've done or anything like that. And the cool part of that is then in another column, he's got where they actually finished in 2017. So for example, I'm looking at the females 40 to 44, and it's got Amy Farrell, um, the seeded number one. She finished second last year. The, the, the girl who won last year, Sione Jonkstra, is seeded down fifth. But what it really shows to me, this column is where they finished in 2017, and the number of people that are backing up is very few and far between. At a guess, I'm going to say it's, geez, one in 20 maybe. Oh really? So in this age group, there's hundred. So not a lot. Could be back, back to uh, back. Probably less. Probably more than that. So in this age group, there's 106, and the females 40, 44. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven. So roughly, you know, roughly one in ten in that particular age group. So that really reinforces. Yes, it's the World Championships. But people don't necessarily go back year after year. I think the top five or six often do, but outside of that, it's not something that people do every year. Pretty cool awesome. website. So, what is it? OBSTry.com. Yeah, so anybody knows who actually runs this, I'd be keen to hear. And um, they obviously don't do it for, for getting any cash or they're not really promoting anything else. It's just um, an obsessive triathlete. Yeah, but it's really good. It's a nice work. Okay, second website is envirobikebox.com.au. And what they've created is an extendable bike box custom design cases that enable cyclists to store and transport their bikes securely, cheaply, and efficiently. So it almost seems like it's... Um, it's uh, corrugated, um, plastic, corrugated plastic, yeah. so you know, like your your real estate sign. Um, yeah. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I've got one of these, and the reason I've got one of these now is because when you, you go will. to Kona, you can't take a soft bike case, and I've got a, uh, I've got a, um, God, I can't remember the name of the brand. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I've um, had to get one of these for going to Kona. And um, what do you think? Uh, I haven't used it yet, but. That, uh, it was made in Australia, and I actually got uh, one of the guys that I um, give a program to, who was over there for the World Champs, uh, me one to, of these. to bring it uh, to bring it home for me, and it worked for for him as well because he needed one to to bring his bike home. Uh, he said it was fantastic. Got to the airport because uh, he did, he had a car and he didn't want to be taking a bike box all the way around in the car hire with the family. Turned up at the airport put it together, it folds down flat, uh, so it's really easy for storage, put it together, boom, away you go. So if you are going to be travelling somewhere with family or whatever as well, then and, you, and you've got your bike, uh, it's a pain in the ass getting a big bike box in there, you can you know, mm. um, flatten this down, go put, chuck it in the back somewhere, and it means you can get your bike either on a bike rack or, or you can carry it a lot more conveniently, but he said well, it How good gold. at protecting your bike? Oh, really good. Really good? Really good. Why? Yeah. Um, it's box, you know, cardboard boxes are fa fantastic yeah, as well, but they, they uh, deteriorate if it rains um, and they don't have wheels. So with this one, you can have wheels on it. So the reason why I'm, I was really interested is because if you fly Hawaiian Airlines from now on, they won't take soft cases, although apparently they're doing an exception for October. Oh, they are. You can, okay. this October only. After that, 
sounds like they'll be ruling with an iron fist. Uh, so great solution if you're flying on an airline. What about the longevity of it? Oh, it won't last that long, but it'll last a number of years. They've got, they, they got a warranty. They've got a year warranty on it. Oh, yeah, no, it'll last multiple trips. So it's not like a, a one and done sort of thing. Okay. Because you're paying, you're paying 100 Well, what they do is on the website, you, you get the base box for $180. Um, great pricing. Yeah, which is probably Australian as well. Yep. Um, and then outside of that, you can add aspects to it. So you can buy wheels, you can buy removable wheels, you can buy elastic strips and stuff. So you might end up dropping maybe a couple hundred bucks on it or maybe a little bit more. Um, what do you pay for a bike box? Oh, to, to get like a really solid um, bike bag, you know, you're paying up towards a thousand bucks, you know, okay, so seven, eight hundred So bucks. this lasts two years, the equivalent of 10 years of... Well, most people only travel a couple of times, once or twice a year. I'd yeah. say this will last quite a long time. Okay, so check it out. And I've so had really good feedback from other people, so... And, and, and I'm sure they ship globally as well. So it's Envirobox... Envirobitebox.com.au. Check it out. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes for today. John, I'm going to pause because Joe's just called. Okay, John. So next up, we have an interview with the geek Thorsten Rad on all his thoughts on Kona. So let's check it out right now. Okay, guys. Um, it's the Kona countdown now. We're just over, probably going to be a week and a half uh, out from Kona, and we've got the the geek Torsten Arad from TryRating.com in to talk about, you know, uh, not necessarily who's ranked the the highest on the KPR, but who's actually been performing the best during the year, and on based off statistics, who is looking the best for Kona, and also talking about the Kona rating reports. So, welcome back to the show, Torsten. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure to chat with you about anything triathlon-related, and even more so about Kona. So, tell us, you know, we, we tell us a bit of for the people who haven't heard before, you know, tell us a bit <laughs> about what you put in your Kona rating report because they, they hear us talk about, you know, tryrating.com most weeks. But um, what 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 do you actually put in that report that people can look forward to? Well, so the report is basically designed for me to get up to speed on everything that's uh, happening or going to happen in Kona in the pro race. So. Um, also a great resource for the readers to follow along, to get ready for the race, to follow during the race. Um, when someone they maybe not know quite so well shows up at the front of the race to figure out where that athlete's strengths and weaknesses are. So it's everything you need to know about the Kona Pro Race, uh, hopefully as much as possible before uh, we know what's actually going to happen is going to be in that report. And um, yeah, some predictions a lot of information about the race and the athletes. Just just one thing before we get into this. Um, has there been much coverage in Germany about Fredino not racing? Um, yeah, it has been kind of like like uh, a little side note in some of the sports programs. Um, but I guess part of the, the build-up is focused on uh, defending champion Patrick Lange. Um, he was also doing like a feature with some of the TV stations that, that uh, cover... Um, the, the build-up to Kona. Uh, with Frodo, he got a lot of news when he won the 70.3 champs. Um, that was even part of the main news here in Germany. But, um, yeah, not so much that he's not going to race. Um, if he had won again, that, I guess, would have been big news. But not racing and uh, negative news about him so far, uh, probably not getting that much coverage. Okay, okay so, so look at your rankings going into it. And, we, you know, if people want to 
get the full inside scoop, they can get your try rating report. But give us a bit of a rundown on on you know who's ranked based off your stats the highest, and perhaps if you've got anybody on that list that some people might not automatically think of, because obviously we're all going to go, okay, Daniela Reef's going to be the highest ranked, Frodo's probably going to be the highest ranked. We know he's not racing, but you know maybe give us a bit of a rundown on uh, on who's on top and and who you know might surprise people uh, who are ranked a, a bit higher than they might anticipate. <laughs> well, I mean, Daniela is the obvious top choice for the females, and I mean, we've been we've been saying the same thing the last couple of years. Um, she's almost unbeatable unless she's got a shocker of race or something happens to her, and that's obviously something that we don't want to see in the race. But um, the female race, at least for the front spot, could be a little bit uninteresting. Um, I think it's going to be super fascinating to follow the race um, behind Daniela if she's having a normal day. Um, with Lucy Charles likely going to lead after the swim, um, maybe getting overtaken by by Daniela, maybe Lauren Brennan swimming with her and trying to stay with her. But then the the race behind these, um, if Lucy is uh, not having the perfect day, um, uh, or some of the other uh, athletes behind her, Heather Jackson, Miranda Carfrey, Kaiser Sully, Crowley, Mel Hauschild. Um, I mean, there's just so many. Um, athletes that are pretty close together um, on a good day that that could be a fascinating race um, for second, maybe for the third, um, probably not for first. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of the rookies uh, that uh, uh, are in the female race might also be really interesting. Um, There's so many that have moved up from the shorter distance uh, to Ironman racing this year. Um, names like Helen Fredrickson, uh, Emma Pelland, um who else do we have um sarah true sarah true um also uh anna hauk who's who's uh been racing 70.3 world champs so far so i mean all of these are are really fast athletes that maybe not have the experience to do really well in ironman and in kona but you never know what these uh athletes are doing in their in their first race in kona uh sometimes ignorance is bliss and uh they may be going out what uh might be a bit too hard, but pull it off in the end. So that could also completely change the dynamics of the race and the the, the way the, the race is going to unfold on the female side. So just just sticking with the females and some of those rookie athletes, um, how have their times sort of stacked up uh, on the rankings front? You know, in terms of Sarah True, I seem to remember she had a good race in Frankfurt, uh, and then Annie Haug is. Uh, I can't remember where she raced, but I know she was. She's been tearing up seventy point three. So, how are those rookies sort of looking on your rankings? Given they've probably only got one, maybe two races under their belts. Yeah, yeah. Th- these athletes are really hard to um, to predict because they have just one race. I mean, Sarah had a really good race in Frankfurt when she had a two fifty six marathon. I think um, Annie also raced in in Frankfurt. Had some technical issues, so. Uh, that impacted her bike time and makes it hard to predict where she's going to end up. Um, well, so we have Helly just raced one Ironman, which was uh, Arizona last year in a sub nine in her first race. And Emma Pallant struggled a bit in South Africa, had a DNF there and then did Austria. I mean, off one race, um, even if, if it's going smooth, uh, these athletes are going to learn so much that um, it's hard to say what they're going to do in their second race. And especially in these deep fields in Kona, you always have someone around you. Uh, you'll always have someone who pushes you maybe a little bit more than you're used to in the other races. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to predict where they end up. And 
as I said, one of them might just uh, come out as the big surprise this year. What about the main sort of things? Well, the men, um, obviously Frodo would have been my, my top pick uh, for the men's side there, though it, maybe it wasn't quite as clear as everyone seems to uh, think after uh, this year. Pretty much uh, the top four um, names that probably everyone has on their list. Um, Frodo would have been one of them. Then Patrick Lange, who won last year. Uh, Sebi Keenle, who won 2014. And Lionel Sanders, who was second last year. I mean, these, these uh, four athletes would have been relatively close together. Um, all of them having had at least one not quite so perfect race in their last year. Um, so really hard to uh, to say how that's going to turn out. I mean, Patrick, he's always been racing really well in Kona. So maybe Frankfurt, where he finished third behind um, Frodo and Patrick Nilsson. Um, maybe that wasn't quite an indication of where he's going to race in Kona. Um, Sebi um, has been trying to look for the winning formula in Kona again after he won in 14 and never really quite getting there. Uh, Lionel had his bad race in, in Mont-Tremblant. Um, so all of them... Well, have a little, at least a question mark attached to the name and where they'll end up. Um, so there, there can be a lot of changes on race day, uh, at least for these three that are racing. Uh, unfortunately, Frodo is not going to race. He would have been the top pick there. But I mean, between the other three, uh, it's it's really tough to to pick anyone. And I mean, uh, even if if you're looking at the, I, I put them in an order, but um, for Kona. Um, most of the athletes are so close together in their capabilities and a couple of minutes left and right can, can make a big difference in whether they'll end up in in the final um, results. Um, it's more like uh, understanding or, or trying to figure out how the, is the race going to unfold. I mean, obviously, we know that Sebi and Lionel are probably not going to swim in the front group and they need to make up time to, to get to that front group and then maybe try and run, uh, ride away from the front group. Patrick's better swimmer he's going to be in that main group probably going to be overtaken by lionel and and sebi and a couple others and then uh patrick will look uh, to repeat his 239 runs that he had in kona the last two years to finish third and win the race um if he does something similar again this year that's what he's looking for so the dynamics of the race how how is it going to shape up um who's going to be likely going to be in front at what point of the race that's um i think something um, that uh, I can get from the data for Kona, and that's probably going to be much more um, meaningful than um, trying to predict if Patrick's going to win or Sebi's going to win, which is kind of impossible <laughs> just based on, on the results that we have here. His, um, in terms of Langer's build-up, because he is a bit of an enigma, he, he seems to be just firing on all cylinders the last couple of years um, when it comes to the run in Kona. Has his build-up, um, in terms of his performances, say at Frankfurt and other races, from what you've seen, been similar to previous years? Um, and then he really lifts his game uh, quite a bit in Kona, or has this year been a little bit off? No, I think Patrick has always been extremely good um, racing in the Kona conditions and putting out runs there that we haven't seen before there. Um, let's not forget he just has basically two full seasons uh, behind him. First season was a win in Texas um, on a, on the back of a strong run there and then not racing again until Kona. Last year he had an injury and a pretty late start to the season, so I think he was sixth in Frankfurt, um, basically just happy to, to go through the race. Um, and this year, yeah, he, he didn't have any apparent injuries. 
um, but still didn't win any of the big races he was he was lining up there. I wouldn't say it was a bad season so far for him. It's I guess it's typical for him and um, shouldn't be an indication of where he's going to be in Kona because, as he's shown in the past, he always lifts his game for Kona and is extra super special uh, on the Kona run and in the in the heat and conditions he has there. Um, and you, you talked about we've got some awesome girls coming through um, with Sarah True, Annie Haug, um, Halle Fredrickson, etc., all sort of stepping up from short course. And uh, the big you know, talking point on the male side will be um, Gomez. Is there anybody else on the male side that's stepping up and, and on debut um, of note this year? Well, not quite at the level that, that Javi is. At. I mean, Javi is obviously with his results on the shorter distances uh, – 70.3 uh, world champion twice, a uh, couple of times Olympic distance world champion. He's obviously one that um, has the potential to win Kona at one point, whether it's <coughs> going to be in his, his first year or in the next couple of years. That that seems to be something we can debate on. But, um, yeah, he's, he's certainly someone that a lot of eyes will be on and that a lot of people will be picking for the win even this year. Uh, in his just his second Ironman race, but there's there's a couple others. I mean, um, just sticking with the Germans, um, two really strong swim bikers would be Maurice Clavel and Andy Dreitz. Uh, both of them, um, yeah, could mix it up with um, the other athletes in uh, the swim and the bike. I'm not sure if they have the the run potential quite yet to um, be one of the top top finishes there, but they could make things interesting. Um, I mean, one of the scenarios that I've been kind of kind of uh, developing in my mind is um, obviously we're going to have someone like um, um, Josh Amberger uh, swimming uh, or at least swimming close to the front again this year. I don't know if he's going to be alone. And then what happens if someone from that um, group that's maybe a minute back tries to ride up to him and ride away with him? I mean, obviously, that's probably the uh, strategy for for. Andy Starkowitz, uh, who wants to show that he's the best uh, Ironman biker at this point. But uh, Clavel might be one, uh, uh, always taking s- some risks there, that might also be uh, interested in putting out a huge effort in the first half of the bike uh, rather than wait around for the slower swimmers to show up at the front of the bike race there. When we look so at- that, that oh, might sorry. be an interesting one. But Javi, I mean, ha- we, we, we've just seen one race from Javi, um, which was... Uh, in um, Cairns. in Cairns, where he was second uh, with a good marathon, uh, but the bike ride that uh, he was uh, showing in Cairns, I mean, he wasn't forced to ride hard um, in Cairns. He was just rolling with the group and then was able to uh, have a good run there, finish second. Um, the, the bike ride in Kona is going to be completely different to what there. It'll be uh, game on from the start. And we, we don't know how Javi is going to deal with that. And um, as we've seen in the 70.3 worlds, when the tempo on the bike was really high and he had to work hard to stay with the group, um, he struggled a bit on the run. Um, yeah, th- so, yeah, we, it's a bit of a, bit of a question mark how, how Javi is going to fare uh, in Kona, in the heat. Um, so we, we just don't know uh, what he's going to do, but certainly an interesting addition to the field there. We look at both the male and the female field. Who has had the most finishes in Kona? Um, yeah, I guess the, the that answer is easy. Uh, um, with um, 
Ken Brown being back uh, oh, yeah, in Kona again this year. Finally, oh, is he racing again? That he had a couple. Of, I think he's had twelve uh, starts and at least ten finishes. Mm. Um, so he's been going at it since two thousand one. And I put up a, a, a table with the results, and I just stopped at two thousand five because he was just the only one who had any previous results there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he's certainly towards the end of his career. I, I guess it's fair to say that. And um, will be interesting to see. Um, by all accounts, he's been working really hard to have a great race in Kona to, and to train hard. And um, <clears throat> it's it's hard to tell what he'll be able to do in Kona this year. But um, he's certainly the one with the most experience there. Yeah, he's been. And on the female it. side, it's um, um, Lindsay Corbin, who's been going at it for a long, long time. I think she's got ten finishes as well. Um, just missed one a year when she was injured. Um, otherwise, uh, a long series since 2006 to this year. Now, Cameron has been training the house down in, in, uh, over in Noosa, so I think he's taking this pretty seriously. He's not just going over there to, to clip the tickets. So um, have you heard of any others that have been saying that this is their last um, race? I saw Liz Blatchford post where she was on that Ironman um sort of weekly show they had the other day saying this is going to be her last race and she's going to be retiring As, after that. Any others um, that have said that this is potentially going to be their last race? I'd imagine Cam Brown, if he has a, a half-decent one, that might be time on his Kona performances. But any any other hmm. any other news that you've got about what people are saying? No, I think um, as far as I know... Um um, Liz is the only one who thinks this is the final one. I mean, of course, you never know with uh, all the qualifying needed and the changes in the system, how that's going to be uh, affecting your chances uh, to race there. But as far as I know, she's the only one who's going to give a farewell party in Kona <laughs> cool. this year. And what about, I'm always interested to know, because I think we've asked you about this before, but the DNF rate um, over there amongst the the pro athletes, um, is there much of a difference between the males and females? And what sort of DNF rate do we often see with um, with the pros in Kona? Yeah, I've just looked up the data because you mentioned that this would be something that you're interested in. And um, the, the F rate has been, you know, hovering, let's say, um, around 10 to 30 percent, uh, depending on which which year you're looking at, um, males and females pretty much um, at a similar level. I mean, obviously, you have years where there's maybe 10 percent females and 20 percent males uh, finishing, but pretty much consistent in in that range and um, not too many, um, you know, weird uh, occurrences there. You can tell from the DNF rate pretty much when it was a heart race, hot year or uh, or an easier year. Uh, but I guess the level of racing in Kona is um, always demanding, regardless of how the conditions turn out on race day. And so there haven't been that many changes in the DNF rate over the years, even going back as far as 2005, when we had like 135 or 138 um, pros racing in Kona, whereas less uh, than 100 uh, these days. Big question is, and let's get to the ch- cut to the chase, John. What are your predictions, Thorsten? <laughs> Um, I'll I'll say we'll have another German winner Um, the chances for either Patrick or Sebi are pretty good Um, but I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, men's race and that's the part that I'm that I'm looking forward to I mean hey you haven't given me a prediction here we want an answer you ain't getting away with that (laughs) we want want names top top five 
if you want to nail it down to one name, Sebi's going to win, and uh, well, the female race is going to be a bit easier to pick. Uh, that's Daniela. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm picking Sebi as well. We're on the same page here. So he's, he's got the Newsome curse. So that's that ain't going to happen. So um, any, anything else you're already looking forward to the race, well, or let, anything let, else let's you want to get another out way. There? I think uh, I've, I've made the predictions. I mean, it's always hard with the with the weather conditions in Kona because they're affecting the time so much. Uh, but I said we're we're going to see a new uh, bike course record. Uh, we're going to see a new run course record, and we're going to see an overall course record as well. Oh wow, you are really putting it on the line, aren't you? Yeah, putting it on the yeah. line. creepers. Well, I mean, you hear it here first, yeah, people. Said weather conditions tricky, um, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that the guy who puts up the bike course record is going to win the race, and I'm not sure if the run course record uh, will also be able the the one winning the race. So. I think the balance, again, will be something that needs to be right. And I think Sebi's just fitting that bill pretty well there. Nice. Awesome. So, guys, if you want to get hold of the Kona Rating Report, it is the best way to get really get into to race week is have a read through that and have it on hand when you're actually watching the event because you will see some names you're not familiar with and then you can just quickly refer there and find out a bit more about them and it just adds to the whole experience when uh, when you've got a little bit of downtime while you're watching it. So check it out, tryrating.com. Kick the bucket for Torsten. He puts in a huge amount of work. I kind of wish that Iron Man would uh, hire you, Torsten, so then we could actually get a bit more, um, you know, a bit more stats on the people while they're actually out there and I think it would add to their commentary as well so hopefully they'll take that on board uh, and all the best with your holiday and thanks for, thanks for staying up so late for us oh no problem and you guys enjoy your stay in Kona as well we'll do mate righto thanks mate so if you want to support Thorsten you can go to, to tryrating.com and get his Kona report ratings report 2018 and what he does is it's basically a donation based system so you jump on there Download it and you donate as much or as little as you want, preferably as much, I'm sure Thorsten's thinking right now. Um, and, and the way we always like to promote it is if you were to buy a magazine nowadays, you're probably going to drop 8 to 10 bucks. So it seems like that's a pretty fair price for what you get. And it's a great resource to have with you as you watch the race on race day. Absolutely, you just find out a bit more about all the pros. Um, there's, you know, where, what they've done during the season. Uh, he always has a few little interviews and what have you in there. So get to know the pros, get to know your sport, and uh, support Torsten because he has a great resource. Yeah, he really does. Okay, John, uh, winger of the week. Winger of the week. So I tried to. Fo- I struggle with Strava sometimes, but anyway, Jason Lensk is uh, he came down, uh, yeah, kicked my butt in uh, Challenge Wanaka last year. Actually, I entered last week for Challenge Wanaka. You get to call me in again, Bevan. No, I'm not doing it this year. You're They've not. Got rid of me. I'm ah, dead to them. De- well, because I've gone to, they don't. I don't think they had the budget for two commentators, mm-hmm. and I was always number two. Number two. Mark Watson's yeah. number one. Ah. Yeah. So. Oh I'm, well, I'm, maybe I will have a bit more luck. I won't have you jinxing me. So I've entered. Oh, no, that my race. fault you didn't perform. I uh, was. You, you were calling it. You said I had it in the bag. Well, you did until you cocked it up. <laughs> no, I cocked it up. <laughs> anyway, I've entered Challenge Monica. Looking forward to that next year. Jason Lentz uh, passed me at the tail end of that race and kicked my butt. And according to Strava, he did a 50-hour training session mm. last week. It's the longest activity. Session or training week? Longest activity, 50 hours. Mm. If that's correct, well done to you. Second place, we'd better give him some love because his one might be legit. Martin Hill did uh, 7 hours 26 and Andrew Black did 7 hours and 13 doing a ultra run up in Rotorua. Andrew Black? Yeah, what's he up Different to? Andrew Black. Oh, okay. He's an Andrew Black from Christchurch. 
And he did do God's Zone, I think, a year or two ago. But this is a different Andrew Black. But also from New Zealand, but in the North Island. Oh, good times. Okay, John, three, two, one, questions, questions and answers. answers. This one comes through from Nicholas Pollock. And he's got, lads, how about this then? And what he sent through was a great article in Runner's World about a guy who decided he was going to do an Ironman pretty much like on Wednesday. And he does it on like Friday kind of thing. For no, example. I think it was like the next day. Yeah. So basically, what in the back of his mind, no, but he had been thinking about doing it. And then... He basically saw this weekend I've got nothing on, so I'm going to do an Ironman. It's quite, did you read it? I very quickly skim read it. I, I read the whole thing because I, I do my piece. But um, pretty fascinating stuff. So he really had no idea. And he basically goes to a website, How to Do an Ironman. Um, he probably got your article. Mm-hmm. Gets so I'll do three years. Yep, do three years. Uh, got some nutrition. And yeah, it's definitely worth a read. He started at night, did the swim sort of late evening. Rode so his, his thinking was... Safety-wise, traffic. Mm-hmm. So he th- thought to himself, and the ride had like 4,000 feet of climbing, so he didn't mm-hmm. choose an easy bike. He's obviously a pretty good biker because his bike's talking about 6.30. Yes, and you he know, was on a crap bike. By crap the bike and pretty tough conditions, mm-hmm. or terrain at least. Um, swim was about 151. Yeah. It's a bit of grinding. You know, ended up running about six and a half. One thing he did, <laughs> his, his wife or his partner had said, she must be a runner. Mm. Um, she'd run the marathon with him. So he wakes her up at like three in the morning. Okay, where we go? Yeah. <laughs> so, not, not, that's not a part of the new John Newsome three-year plan? No. And, and, and we can't probably, like if you and I want to go and do an Ironman tomorrow, um, you'd be able to do it. It'd probably suffer. You'd, and you'd, oh you'd go God. quick in that. You'd, you'd, but you'd be able to do it. But for somebody who has not done swimming, biking, or running as a sport, respect it would be uh, it would be an interesting challenge. It well, sounds like this guy's pretty active, but not. Uh, in one I think of he's our a sports. big tramper and maybe like mm. off road running. But he was saying, um, you know, once he, once he finished, actually his body was screwed. He was spewing like it was not, mm. you know, not. So we do not recommend this, but it is a pretty entertaining read. So I will put that in the show notes for today. Uh, just just got an email from Murray John. Murray, you're not helpful because last week you may recall listening to the show with John. Told me off for not having the lights on, abused me, yelled at me on the street. Rightly so. Well, it turns out someone was in the wrong, John. Well, yes and no. No, yes. Uh, because Murray sent through an email, and Murray, Murray is a very wise man, and he likes to do his research, and he likes to see when others are wrong, and well done, Murray. He said, last Saturday, official lights on time ceased at 5.49 a.m. I was going up there at 5.48. No, you weren't, because I didn't leave <laughs> home until 6. Um, so... If you had 100, 100 metres of clear vision, which I did because I saw a guy yelling at me from about 200 metres away, <laughs> so I definitely did, car headlights did not need to be on beyond then. Other, although, uh, why cyclists would ensure their visibility beyond then? So, turns out, John, you're wrong. Well, this is what the traffic, what, what would you call it, the road code says, but that's the road code, and there's this other one called the cyclist uh, manual, and it says cars should have their lights on. At all times when it's not full bright daylight. So, well, yeah, I kind of get your point, Murray, but it would be more helpful if you hadn't made that point. And, <laughs> well, and yeah, maybe you should be thinking more about the cyclists rather than the numb nuts who ride around without their lights on. When I was on the other side of the road, John. I wasn't even I was on your side I of the road. I was concerned about the riders going down the hill as well as I've seen you driving and I was concerned for my safety on the other side of the road. Weekend, you know yes. it. Okay, John. It turns out we are going to have the aquathon, which I don't know if I'm not looking that forward to, to be honest. Find that wetsuit. Yep, my my my, my what is it, my energy? Mm-hmm. Yep, from back from 2002, I think I bought that. Yeah, 
and it's slightly it's never been a good fit it's always been slightly small yeah I've done a few races in that race. So uh, what's happening, John? The Wetsuit Aquathon is on. I put a little post on there on Facebook, and it seemed like there's enough interest to make it happen. A number of people did say, haven't got my wetsuit, or I'm not taking it with me. So we're going to have uh, a, a non-wetsuit division. Oh, really? So it'll be a non-wetsuit and a wetsuit division. It's going to be handicapped. So I do need people to, uh, to go onto our Facebook page. So we're page. having an Aquathon? We're having an Aquathon. And the way it's going to, it's going to be a timed event this year. Oh, back it up. We'll have a timekeeper. It'll either be Belinda if we can get her out of bed or... Uh, She's under your thumb, so I'm sure yes, she will. Yeah. I'm sure. Belinda, get out of bed. And it's all going to be very technical because I'll be giving people handicaps and we're, we're going to do it as a mass start this year. So oh, uh, then I've got no chance. No, but then there's going to be a handicap component. So there will be the first across the line, but the handicap person... Uh, the trophy has been returned. Oh, got it off Paul House. So Technically, you shouldn't have won it last year, Paul. <laughs> you should know your finish line, mate. You know it. So this year we will have first across the line, which maybe we'll get a, a Mars bar or something like that. Yep. But then we'll have a handicap system that I will come up with and uh, that will be based off your 400 metre time and your 5k run. And My 400 uh, metre time right now is probably about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. I'll factor that in. Yep. Uh, and then the non-wetsuit athletes will not be eligible for the trophy. Do you know one thing I hate, John? Okay, okay, cool. So if you want to get the trophy... You've got to have your wetsuit on. It's going to be uh, Wednesday morning at 7.15, meeting by the toilets, uh, which sounds dodgy, on the pier. Yep. And then we'll kick off at 7.30. We'll swim back from, swim out to the coffee boat, and then we'll race back, and then we'll uh, swimming, and then we will run to Lava Java and back, and then get your wetsuit off as swiftly as possible. Um, that could almost be another challenge. You don't finish till you get your wetsuit off. No. That adds in transition no. skills to the equation. You rate yourself on transition skills. Yeah, but it's pretty no. hard to get your wetsuit off when it's dried yeah. out quite a bit. So we won't add that. But that's something to think about. Yep. Uh, so we'll be doing that down at the pier. So if you're not going to do it, come and support us. If, you, if you're a racing athlete and you want to just come down for a little swim run, just, uh, just something to do, then we'll be down there at Wednesday. Uh, and then we're going to go um, from there. Bevan and I will be going to Lava Java. We'll do, be uh, doing some recording there. We'd love for you guys to come down. So I'm saying 8.45 on Wednesday morning in race week. We'll be at Lava Java. Come get an interview. Got to do, we'll do, we want to hear from you guys. I want to have... Yeah, it's been quite hard getting some pro interviews this year. They seem to be all very elusive, and there's just so many more demands from sponsors, etc., on them. And let's be honest, the best coverage we get in Kona is the post-race coverage, yeah. uh, straight after the the race. So we'll have pro interviews uh, leading into the race, but I, and the feedback I get from a lot of people is they want to hear from age groupers. You know what it's like to how they've got to Kona, um, their sort of journey there. So we do want to hear from you listeners. So come down to Lava Java and get a coffee or some breakfast. We'll be there for say about an hour from 8:45 on race week. We will have, as I said earlier, um, we have some extreme endurance giveaways with uh, some Fuel Five sachets, and also we'll have our IM Talk swim caps for free. So those are the coloured coded caps based off your Ironman time. So there's a freebie to come along and grab, and you don't have to do an interview, but uh, just come along and say hello. John, one thing I find frustrating as a guy who sometimes put races on from a running club is the handicap system when people try to mess around with the handicap. Yes. Do, do you get that sometimes? Yes, I've had that as a race organiser. Uh, in people's defence, a lot of people are pretty clueless. No, because what we do is like, for example, what we like in a 10-week programme, we'll do two 5K time trials. Mm-hmm. First one, we just do time trial based. Second time, we do handicap based on the first one. Yes. And Every, oh, I, I get a little bit angry with my runners at this time because you get people who want to go with people who are way slower than them and, they, and they're trying to negotiate with me. I'm like, 
No, you're being unfair right now to the people mm. who are slower than you. No, oh, no, but uh, and I'm basically have a shit fight for about twenty minutes before I start them. Mm. Tell you, it's, I, I don't get angry, John. Pretty happy guy, but that's one of the things I get a little bit upset with people. Especially when it's statistics based, it's like yeah. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this one, it's kind of a bit different because I'm kind of just yeah. making a bit of a guess. Remember, twenty six minute four K. But uh, yeah. From a race organizer point of view, there's a there's a ten K race that I did a few weeks ago, the Governor's Bay event, and that one you have to submit a time uh, if you have not been doing races. And so the good runners, they know what their ten K time yeah. is. Uh, and the people who haven't got a clue just submit a time. You look at the results, you know, seven it. out of ten of the first ten across the line are all people who um were miles off their submitted time yeah. and I equally I ran a duathlon a few years ago that was a handicapped uh, event a bit like your 5k you'd have uh, you'd base it off the first race and so you'd get 90% of your handicaps right and then you'd pair the people that didn't do race one and that that all completely take out the race because they'd have no idea such a pity isn't it it's had a problem with the handicap system because they do love a handicap, but like it's a great motivator, isn't it? Mm. Especially if you do get that right, you know. So anyway, so if you're doing a handicap and you know you're a little bit slower than or faster than what you're saying, just be honest. Be honest. You get a bit of work out that way. John, patrons. Got a couple of new patrons this week. Uh, we've got to come up with a couple of new nicknames. Yeah, I know. So if you any new listeners, if you want to become a patron of the show, it helps us support what we do, helps get us to Kona every second year, and you, you go in the draw to get yourself to Kona every second year. Um, plus you support what we do on a weekly basis. So we've got... Uh, who have we got? We've got, we've got, we've got. We've got Jesper. Jesper von Seelen Hansen. Oh, yes. God. The child catcher. The no, child catcher. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you Because if I thought of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, have you seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh, yeah, I would have done. It's a great film, but they've got this character called the child catcher. And I think it's Child Catcher. And it's one of the most freakiest characters ever in a movie. And this is a kid's movie. And it's this guy goes around catching children. Uh, and it, the name, I, th- I, can't, I can't remember. What, where would that name be based on? Denmark? Yeah. yeah. I think it is around Denmark where the Child Catcher is. So that's why Let's I thought not that. call him the Child no. Catcher. We could go the Catcher. Okay, nice. Yep, done. The Catcher. There we go. Yep, yep. The Catcher. Cool. Yep. And then next up, we've got Rob Dallimore from uh, Foot Traffic Coaching up in Auckland, foottrafficcoaching.com. For you guys that are up in Auckland, want some good local hands-on knowledge, Rob's uh, of our vintage. I'm pretty sure Rob is the same year as me at school, and I oh, think really? uh, he was doing secret Great, schools yeah. races. He likes Nirvana. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he's been, I think he's going to Kona this year. He's certainly been a regular Kona qualifier and got athletes over there. Made a couple of suggestions for age Great groupers. coaches as well. Yes. Yep. So what are you thinking, Bevan? Well, when I thought of him, you think feet because he's podiatrist. So, um, and then I thought, uh, like a roadrunner's feet. What feet? You know roadrunner when they're going fast? Yes. So like, but then I thought skid marks because he runs so fast. <laughs> Again, skid marks, I think you're coming I'm up with a couple of inappropriate I'm not names. on form today. Skid marks, there you go. If, if this is, anybody that knows <laughs> Rob. On the ground. Rob, give him skid marks. That's Rob, skid marks, Dallimore. No, you, so you, you can go with what you think. I haven't got one at the moment. I was, oh. I was, uh, I was waiting for but your skid little... Marks skid marks aren't bad. Skid marks aren't bad. Just depends on where skid marks are. Yeah. On the road, skid marks are a good thing. Yes. And your, and your undies, <laughs> not so no, much. Parents' nightmare. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> uh, so, what do you reckon? It's got to be something about fast feet, doesn't it? Well, why don't we go fast feet? Oh, there you go. 
Fast feet, Rob. Fast Dunmore. fancy feet. There we go. Fast fancy feet. Fast triple F. Fancy feet or triple F. Yep. Rob Triple F. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me. It's all very clear on the website. You support the boys and what we're doing on the show each week. Uh, if you think this is a part of your triathlon world, it's really good to support us and what we do. Also, you're going to draw to win a trip to Kona every two years. Also, you get a gift depending on your level of patronage. So go to www.imtalk.me. John, just to wrap things up, sponsors. Extreme Endurance. So you learned from last week you put the sponsors in there. Did I? Yeah, because it wasn't there. Well done. Uh, if you want to get the show emailed to you, go to www. Oh no, just go imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Patrons we've already talked about. If you want to get some coaching, go to coachjohnnewsom.com and he's a great coach. And if you want to listen to my podcast, actually I released a new podcast yesterday um, on on the cost of short-term quick solutions, which I think some people might quite find quite interesting. So go to bevanjamesos.com for that. And if you've got some content you want to send us, like Age Group of the Week, websites and other feedback, just email us as well. John, your goss. What is my goss, Bevan? Oh, we had the final race of the JD Duathlon at the weekend, so that was always... Uh, Does it just become the fun? J? Uh, a lot of people say that, but no, we'll stick with, with uh, Dr. Feelgood, Dave Dwan, who we'll be seeing next week. Yeah, uh, he is one of the instigators along with, with myself. So that's always good. Just nice doing some grassroots events that uh, we try to keep the entry fee down. It's like 49 bucks, I think, to enter the races, if you're a member. Is that for three races? No, no, per, per race. Yep. It's still traffic management cost, but just... We do one series prize giving, no prizes, just try to keep things simple, just well organised, just the good old days, you know, finish time. Where, where's the race? Uh, this one was at Corsia Base, a very challenging course. Uh, Felicity Newsom was first across the line because nice. the kids and the little kids race. Uh, so it was all pretty Did Tommy good struggle with it? Sorry? Did Tommy struggle with that? Well, no, he was, he is in a different division. He won no, but did he, oh, he win as well? He, he won his, uh, okay. his series category, got beaten on the day, but he won his series trophies. That's all good. Uh, so that was my Sunday. Went out for dinner, dinner on Sunday night. Hard to get a bloody table on a Sunday night. Well, back it up. We've got oh, way yeah. too many restaurants in Christchurch. I know, but the ones we, first one we went to, uh, Mexico, couldn't get a table there. You we probably did all right. Mexico's not that great. Um, kids ate, apparently kids ate for free so I was a bit disappointed oh, okay. when we turned okay, away okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, always a theme <laughs> we went to another Mexican one it was also quite good and then uh, it's a cool part of Christchurch if you come to Christchurch New Regent Street uh, it's a great gelato great, great gelato place on the end and it's got a good story some young kid set it up and, uh, and has now got a couple of different places great gelato uh, and that was all good and Bevan just looking forward to did you get about, did you get your upgrade no, I put a bid in. We put a bid in. I've put a bid in for business, but I only bid two hundred dollars. So I can't yeah, see so my we, we aren't getting it. Like Bill said, you do it. I said, put in the minimum, but I don't think we're going to get it. No, no, because John's going to bid to premium. I'm bidding for for business, and yeah, I went two hundred dollars. I'm spending more than two hundred bucks. But if I got it for two hundred bucks, it'd be over the moon. Yeah, highly unlikely. So next year you'll hear from us, we'll be in Kona, so it's going to be good times. So make sure if you're over there, do come along and say hello. It'd be great to hear from as many listeners as possible. Uh, and what's happening with you, Bevan? John, I was a little bit disappointed the other night, actually. Okay, yeah. you're saving this one up. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is like Belinda's. She saves it all up and then boom, hits you with it. <laughs> not, not, not at you. Okay. I'm mean, always happy with you, John. Why would I be upset with you? But um, I called an Uber. Did you do Uber? I'm a bit anti Uber. I kind of I'm a, I like it because I'm that a cheap is really ass. against you. I'm going to say this is a hard moment for you, isn't it? I, I like it because I'm because I'm a cheap ass, but I don't like it because it's not a level playing field, and they don't pay the taxes, and they, it's just yeah, yeah, they're that 
that part of it. If they were paying taxes and all that sort of stuff in this they country, I'd be into it. There's all sorts of dodgy things going on. Yeah, but in, in principle, I like it because it's cheap. I agree, but it's also government's fault. Government need to get mm. sharper on these kind of things. Mm. It's way cheaper, John. Yeah, I, I totally know. Like, yeah. you know, like from town to home in a taxi, I'm maybe 25 bucks. Uber was 16. Yeah. I would have thought it would be more than that taxi. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So 16 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I got my Uber. I don't use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not using it, I always delete the app. So I only have the app on my phone because I hate the people following me. So um, so I got, you know, but I got my Uber. And I'm always the friendly Uber customer, John. Mm-hmm. You imagine me. Yeah. I'm a sunshine in your taxi. Don't you get rated? Are you got a good rating? That's the problem. <laughs> oh, the fingers come <laughs> That's out. That's why I'm slightly <laughs> disappointed. Because I would assume that I've probably had, I don't use it a lot, so I've probably used it maybe 30 times max, maybe 20, 30 times. Yeah. And every time I had good conversations with the drivers, been, you know, give them my energy. And, and John, the key to a good conversation is to talk about them. Yeah. So I don't talk about me. I don't, at the end of the conversation, if you said, what do you know about this guy? They'd never know anything about me. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in them. I don't have a five-star rating, John. Uh. Don't have a five star rating. What did you get from this? this well, they, they, get, they don't tell you. But oh. my Uber rating is only like 4.93. Oh. And I can't believe who would not give me a five star rating. I don't even know if I've used it or not. Have you got the app? I have got the app, but I don't know whether we've used it on um, mine or Blunders. Okay, let's, let's put up your Uber rating. Not, I was not happy, John. Okay. I was not happy. Okay. Wait a second, let's go Uber. We, yep. we should do a few Uber rides in Kona. And then we can uh, see how we go. I don't know that it'll be a lot in Kona. Have we got we, a car? We'll get one in. Uh, we've got a car in Kona, so it probably won't. We'll probably won't Honolulu, Honolulu. Um, Is there going to be a party post post yet? Sorry. Is there a party this year? Uh, how do I find my ra- 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 rating? Go to your go to your go to your profile. Yeah. Go top right, the top right corner. They've got little lines. Click on that. Yeah, I've done that. And little then trips, payment, help, free rides, settings. Maybe settings. Drive with Uber. You can start driving. Oh, no, I've got a five-star rating. On the way! <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> if I go to America, I'm using Lyft. I'm going, to, I'm going to LA in a few weeks. I'm using Lyft. Have you got a five-star rating? I have got a five-star rating. I'm not rating. happy, John. Someone is... I've got two trips. Both in Auckland, both in Toyota Priuses, surprisingly. Prius is the car for Uber. I've got a five-star rating. That's good. Uber, Uber's awesome. I'm going to start using Uber a bit more just because I rate higher than Bevan. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I was like, oh, surely I'm a five star, and I always give five stars because they're always pretty good. Yeah, and some I, I, obviously someone's just once given me a four, <laughs> but I'm not happy, John. I'm not happy. So that's that's my disappointing this week. Uh, other than that, John, Joe's away for the week. Yeah, my wife's so good. Yep, so the house is a mess. I noticed that when I came in, there's just shit everywhere. No, it's bloody clean because I'm a clean, clean kiwi. But my wife made me dinners for a week. Oh my god, <laughs> Joe's got problems. <laughs> Joe's got problems. I think I love that wife because I'm 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 very progressive and I'm also very much, you know, modern in thinking. I like to think, uh, but my wife is a bit traditional when it comes to the wife's role. Mm-hmm. You know, like she likes to be homely yeah. and do homely things, and I have to admit, I really like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't deny it. And uh, so I had lasagna last night. I think I got fresh pasta tonight. Oh gosh, you know, it's, it's a hard life being me, mate. So you know, I'm, mar- I'm married up, John. Yeah, I'm well done to so you. There we go. Uh, so next week, yep, yeah, we're gonna. So next week's show will be, will be released a day later because we'll be flying. Mm-hmm. John, did you? Did you? Did you John, the John really loves to maximise his, his choral club. So did you bring your flight earlier? Oh, I'm going to be doing that today. <laughs> We're hitting that Cora Club hard. Is that the only reason? Just so you can be a Cora Club longer? Well, I'm also a cheap... Well, no, I'm not, I am a cheap ass. 
But on the way over there, because it's a night flight, so we leave Auckland at, I don't know, probably 9.30, something like that at night. Yeah. And I just want to go straight to sleep. I don't want to wait around for the meal. So I decided <laughs> not to pay for the meal so I can go straight to sleep and get a full night's sleep. And then, uh, so I've got to hit, I've got to hit Curry Club hard in Auckland <laughs> to, to make sure I've got enough. So he's changed his flight. <laughs> so what time are you going? I'm getting up there at nine o'clock in the morning. We fly out at nine at night, <laughs> get a three course meal. That would be pretty funny if you turned up. What are you doing here? Sir? No, I was in, I was in, where was I recently? I went to, I, think I was up in Waikato in, in Hamilton and, uh, I'd finished work for that at 12, mm. and, and I didn't need to be there, so I might as well go take the laptop and go to Coro Club. So I was in the Coro Club for six hours, mm. four, four of those hours, because no fights were on. Mm. So four of those hours, I'm the only person in the Coro Club. <laughs> so I had the whole Coro Club, to my, and they had all the food out. Mate, I ate up a storm. <laughs> so wait a second. So I arrive in, so on Tuesday, so I'm leaving Christchurch next Tuesday at five, and then we leave at nine. So I arrive in Auckland, so I'll have two hours in Coro Club. You see, I only, I, that's my problem. I, we leave at six, so I've only got like an hour to an hour and a half, so I've got to change that. <laughs> so see, we'll see, I, well, I'll, I'll be up there before you. Yeah. <laughs> Just so we can maximize. Yeah, I'm hitting that curry club. <laughs> oh, good times. Okay, well, we'll see you guys when we're in Kona and next week's time. John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. kaha.